They say lightning doesn't strike twice. I spent Christmas last year. They were wrong. McLean, is this what you were expecting? Nah, this is just the beginning. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. Die Harder. A few years ago, we discussed whether Die Hard was a Christmas film. I believe it is. I had the same conversation with my daughter, whether Die Hard 2 was a Christmas film. Gonna find out. <laughs> it's like asking if, if um, Staying in the Days a Christmas song just because it's got church bells in it. Oh, God. That's an intro. Oh, we got, oh, my God. We got five of us on the podcast for the first time in ages. So expect tambourines, drums, Chris rappers, drinks, all these noises that you've missed on previous podcasts. <laughs> I can guarantee faxes. you'll get them. Yeah, faxes, bells, car engines. <laughs> everything so it will be like a fucking brass band is behind everyone but yeah there's we've got jay back we've got rav we've got eighties paul we of course we've got neil it's just brilliant the whole gang is here it's fantastic to talk about die hard 2 1990 two years after the original a podcast that we've already done already spoken about and available on our queue of other podcasts so this film rennie harlin I only know him for Deep Blue Sea, which is which is all right. Good at the time. It's properly dated now. But I didn't know this film and you guys probably did. because You're very well educated that this came from a book called 58 Minutes. Did you know that? I did not. No. There you go. Yeah, it's a book called 58 Minutes, um, which spawned the idea of Die Hard 2. And it's set at JFK Airport and it um, features uh, Frank. I think it's Frank Marlin who's a New York City detective whose daughter's due to fly down and a mysterious terrorist who calls himself number one gives him 58 minutes um, otherwise he's going to bring down the plane which Carrie and his daughter and he tries to uh, or he stops at a um, terrorist um, and that's where the book was spawned from well the idea the film was spawned from the book 58 minutes and uh, a lot of the kind of French posters and other kind of European posters when they were selling this film they've actually got 58 minutes on the poster and that's where it came from when people look at it so Ooh. a little factoid for you there talking so, of posters very quickly go did, for you, it. did you know about the original die hard and the fact that everyone kicked off so much about bruce willis being the main role that they had to take his face off of the posters no i knew no. they wouldn't i didn't know about the poster i knew that he wasn't their first choice neil but i didn't know about the poster yeah, no, he wasn't the first choice. He was the only one that could end up doing it. So hence why his agent made him the highest paid actor or something in that at that time for a film. Because they were sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But apparently there was such uproar, a bit like Michael Keaton with Batman. Um, oh, wow. They had to take his face off of the posters, promotional posters. And it was just a picture of the Nakatomi Plaza. And um, it wasn't until people started watching it and realising how good it was, his face reappeared. So Look at that. Look at that. That's just brilliant. And Frank Sinatra is offered first choice of the role. He was contractually obliged. And if he would have said yes, they would have had to make Die Hard with Frank Sinatra as Bruce Willis. Imagine really that. Old man. 
It would have been crazy. He would have been in a firefight and had to stop for a piss or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been freaking awesome, honestly. It would have been so good. It would have been a great advert for, like, sponsored by Saga. It would have been amazing. (laughs) But I think, personally, I I think this film is dated. And I like this film. Don't get me wrong. But we've so interesting to see, especially we've got five amazing points of view from five very attractive men that of where we're going to come from. I think what's ruined this is two years after the first one, which was so good. I mean, Die Hard, it just puts hair on your balls. It's such a testosterone <laughs> film. I love it so much. But this film, you, Rennie Harlan was like, if I do a carbon copy of this film, but set it in the air, then it's going to be amazing. And for me, that's where it kind of trips up. I don't know what you guys think. I think he could have saved himself a ton of money, too. Really. Because all they had to do, really, <clears throat> if that was in the UK, they would have diverted probably to Manchester and laid on a couple of shuttle buses. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an adrenaline-filled film, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Why are they still trying to get to the airport with no landing lights, no, no runway? Just go to Manchester or, you know, John Lennon Airport at Liverpool, you know, get some coaches on board. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't set in the UK. Uh, that was yeah, we were able to get past it, yeah. God, that would have been so dull. But it's funny because anyone who hasn't seen this film... Um, the storyline is pretty, as you say, pretty much like the first one, but set in the air. That you've got um, General Esperanza, who's going to land, um, and they come up with this elaborate plan to rescue es- um, Esperanza, who's like um, kind of Pablo Escobar, and he's going to. They plan to bring down planes unless um, they don't abide by the terrorist rules. And it turns out that Holly McLean is on the plane. And the weird thing is such an elaborate plan that heavily relies on the fact that it's got to snow. If it doesn't snow, they simply don't have a plan, do they? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are very weather-dependent terrorists. (laughs) It's such a (laughs) shit idea. Why didn't they land when Esperanza... Obviously, we're skipping ahead, but when he kind of... The plot of it is, I'm going to hijack the plane... And then I'm going to fly to an airfield fucking miles away where you pick me up. How about that? Or should we keep it going for hours and hours, putting all these other planes at risk? I mean, it's such a a crazy, elaborate plan, isn't it? Yeah, but that, I guess that's what makes it exciting, doesn't it? Mm. It's, um, but yeah, it is massively elaborate, like you say, and it's very reliant on the weather and everything going to plan. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. He had no hand luggage either, did he? But you see them all up towards the end smoking a bunch of Cubans. <laughs> Where do they come from? <laughs> <laughs> he had no hand luggage. Oh, I love that. Is that going to bring your score down at the end, Paul? Bring your score down. You'll have but to he see. Did, he didn't declare any of his luggage. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair this is an aviation film so i expect paul's got quite a lot to say about it oh, one or oh, two yeah, points. There, there was, yeah the minute i the minute i saw the two helicopters i thought something's gonna be wrong here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly um obviously we mentioned colonel esperanza he is from the same nation as the filming commando isn't he 
You know Commando, the Arnie film? Is it Bell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's from the same place that Arnie goes to in Commando. Oh, wow. really? There you go. Yeah. I think in Die Hard 2. I think, I think if you Google it, pretty sure. See, we, we've missed facts like that. We've missed you, you know? Massively. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, it's facts like that why it took me 21 years to lose my virginity. <laughs> well, I didn't meet you soon enough, James, because <laughs> that would have got me straight away. Oh, you'd have had me. You'd have had me at commando. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh dearie me! I mean, I know already. When we're gonna, as I say, we're kind of skipping ahead a bit again. But I know your favourite bit already, James, is when you've got. Um, What's his name in this? There's so many. William Sadler, Colonel Stewart. I mean, talk me through the bit when he's doing the um the naked kind of. You do yoga, and I, do, I don't I, think yeah. this guy's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. yoga. But talk us through it, James. I mean, you've done this before. You're an expert. Well, unfortunately, I wanted a bit more. I wanted a bit more down dog in that scene, if I was really honest. But <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really get it, did I? Um, did you notice? Did you notice his John was swinging in the middle at some point? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the tip of his yeah. John. You do see PP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it... <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Apparently, he got in shape. They filmed that, I think, at the end of the filming after he got in shape. I think I could be wrong. Yeah. From, my, from, from what I remember reading. Um, that makes that, sense. Yeah, I mean, he's always uh, that. Almost felt like a very James Bond scene, isn't it? To 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 show us how hard this villain is, kind of thing. Yeah. What James Bond have you been watching? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I mean, I, I mean like, like James Bond, like the way it focused uh, focused on him, even briefly, that those weird moody bits he sometimes see. I don't know. The whole thing felt like a Roger Moore James Bond film as well, with a little snow chase. Well. Yeah. This is how I imagined that you watched films before the podcast, James. Well, naked, doing, naked, doing, like, doing moves, and then turning <laughs> the true. telly off like he does, like he's shooting it at the end. Well, this is true. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> my, large, my large gunt belly gets in the way of the time. I'm going to swing anything around. That was a bit of foreshadow to the fight on the wing at the end, wasn't it? About how agile he was. Yes. What of his nuts hanging down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get him caught in the ailerons. He teabags him to death. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of it starts just like I mean, you've got so many characters that mirror different characters in this, is which would be quite good fun to talk about. He gets to Dallas Airport, International Airport, where he's waiting for Holly, and from the last um, one or Die Hard their relationship kind of progressed as more people died and the terrorists killed. And uh, they kind of bonded. And at the end, they're still together. And he's moved from New York um, to Los Angeles now, where Sergeant Al Powell, who's still stereotyped eating Twinkies in the police station. So uh, I did like that fact that he's still massively overweight. But he's waiting for Holly to land. And I thought it was really strange. This film it dates so much the fact that A, you can smoke in the airport. B, you can walk up to the tower whenever you want in a massive international airport. And the fact that you can have a stun gun on an aeroplane. It really dates this film, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Of course it does. Yeah, it was a long time ago now, 1990, wasn't it? And it was a lot easier to go around an airport and do what the fuck you wanted, apparently. Think you could. Yeah, but the, I mean, the, the sad thing is that film is now far, as far away from obviously September the 11th as we are now, pretty much. That's scary. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
That is very poignant. Very, very poignant. And whilst Willis is at the airport, he bumps into, um, and they do kind of foreshadow so much when you've got various news reports saying that um, General Esperanza is coming into the airport and he's going to be faced by the government. He's been ex- uh, expedited from his own country. And then suddenly you see all these different, um, you don't see Major Grant, but it's just Colonel Stewart. And you don't see the another character who I like and want to talk about, Richard Thornburg, who is on the same plane as Holly McLean. Do you think Thornburg needed to be in this on the aeroplane along with um, Holly McLean? I think it added it, it's it added some movement into the story because otherwise, how would the general populace know as to what was going on? So they had to do something, and I think he was probably the easiest option to do it, wasn't he? Do you know when you when I hear your voice, I'll agree with whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> You're very kind. <laughs> he's, he's true. He's right though, isn't he? Because ultimately, the story is about the fact that some dickhead reporter starts reporting everything in the air, and why not put Thornburg in, who everyone hates and has got history with. Um, with Holly McLean, so it sort of added the, a bit of a comedy element to it as well, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting they try and play him as the baddie because obviously the the planes are, are held up and they're kind of every single plane is being used a kind of to, to ransom against um, Colonel Stewart's want to get Esperanza down on the floor um, so they can fuck off to another country and. It's interesting that Thornburg is always like the the pantomime baddie all the time. And even when he's reporting, the airport are trying to cover up um, whatever's happening. And he's trying to report it. And really, he's only doing his job. I know it's sneaky and he, he is causing panic, which is the only probably downside of what he's doing. But at the end of the day, he is only doing his job. And you've got another like Sam Coleman, who's in the airport, who's not having much success and he's having loads and and as i say he's just doing what he's paid to do isn't he and what he enjoys doing so he's not really doing anything wrong in my opinion i don't know what you guys think yeah but he's a slimy arsehole isn't he he william atherton plays that character really well doesn't he because he does it in ghostbusters as well oh yeah he's brilliant so Let's be fair, not a lot of people like the press, do they? And he's not really, but is he doing something wrong, though? No, I don't. Well, he's causing widespread panic, but no, he's doing what he's supposed to do as a reporter. The problem is, you don't like him because of his arrogance and how slimy and stuff he is. But no, to answer your question, in my opinion, he's not doing anything that isn't in his job description. Whether no, you James, agree with his job description well, or not. I don't know. I mean, James is a man of morals. What do you think, James? Mm. <laughs> no, no. Mate, I just told you about my Pornhub collection. I don't think I've got many morals. But, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> anyone listen? No, um, yeah, but he, he is just doing his job. But as I said, he is slimy. He's doing his job, but by doing his job, he knows, he must know um, that he's going to create mass panic by doing that job. And he obviously... You know, he's not a stupid person, so he knows that, and obviously he doesn't care. So he's doing his job for him, no one else. He he wants the recognition, doesn't he? 
Exactly. I think that goes in, in hand with the, the way 90s reporters used to do things, whereby if they get a big scoop, they're guaranteed a place in the studio as being the anchor for like, you know, nine o'clock news or five o'clock news. Yeah, and that's like absolutely. the highlight for want to be one. Any reporter wants to be is you know front and center. I am the I represent this channel, you know, for the news. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just it's Definitely, really yeah. interesting the side of the fence that he's on because he is a dick. Don't get me wrong, and he's a whiny bitch when he's on the the aeroplane moaning that he wants to be in first class, that he should be there, probably on he believes on status of who he is, and when he's told he can't be. Everyone clearly hates him. But back at the airport, you've got all of these mercenaries are waiting for General Esperanza to land. And you've got the press there as well. You've got Colonel Stewart walking around. And you you kind of get the feeling that something's going to happen. And I like the fact that, kind of, again, Bruce Willis is like a fish out of water. That he's at the airport and he can see everyone. He's just people watching. And I, I really like that part where... He just sees those soldiers there and something's just not right. And when he walks up to one of the police officers, it's the police officer at the start who gave him the ticket, who's a complete wanker. And he's a right. He's such for me. He's too much of a trope that we've seen in so many other films that I I kind of think it's just outdated. And I, I can't remember at the time how I felt about this guy. But watching it now, I, I just don't want him in it. It just dates the film. It is wise ass like remarks. There's too many of them in this film. I just don't it like is tropey. him. Is it because you've seen it a ton of times like me? And because I, I keep thinking to myself, when I see characters like that. I think, what have I seen him in before? It must have been a ton of films. Is it many or is it just someone thinking about the same film? I don't know, mate. With my age, I just get confused about most yeah. things. <laughs> to be honest, I really, really do. But it's it's just kind of too tropey. But I do like the fact that when he does follow the uh, soldiers into like the, the massive luggage rack. And again, it's quite interesting that he could just walk up in an airport and uh, want this door open. And he just waves his badge and he says, well, who, uh, who wants it open? I do. And he gets his badge out and the geezer just unlocks it. And it's just so convenient. That would never, ever happen at an airport, would it? You'd never get anyone doing that for you. I think that depends, though. Again, it, it, going back to the whole 90s, you could, you know, I'm sure the officers over there wave a badge and there you go, back entrance, hey, you know, come in, come in. Whereby us Excuse in the me? UK, it's a bit more, well, I, Ian. You know. <laughs> it's interesting you said back entrance, right? Well, yeah. Neil, Neil knows about what that, um, no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> PhD, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, it's it's like so, with with in the so UK. You your sheriff's badge for the back entrance. <laughs> but in the UK, you can't really get away with that. Whereby we're a bit more stringent into policies and procedures and health and safety. Whereby in the US, you don't really have that, do you? Or well, back then, Bruce Willis doesn't because he's too fucking hard. To be yeah. honest, he laughs at paperwork. I bet he's never taken a statement in his life, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the shootout when they go into the luggage place when all of the cases are there and this is when it starts to feel more like a diehard film for me when you've got the action which is really full on you've got Willis rolling around getting dirty and he seems to get dirty and cut so easy and, and the guns are just fucking so loud and I really really enjoy the shootout with all of the luggage I I don't know what you guys think whether you think it's over the top or 
it's necessary. It'd be interesting to hear, but I love this scene. It's never necessary, but I thought it was great. Love that bit. All yeah, I, I could think of... Sorry, James, go on. Oh, no, sorry, I, I think from a choreograph, like the shot by shot and the direction there, I think it's one of the best set pieces in the film. Um, because it's it, it's building up. It's only between three people, but you've got this really good set of all this luggage thing, which, you know, I've never seen before when I, when I was a kid. And that's always my one of my favourite moments in, in Die Hard 2 is that whole is that whole sequence I think is really done perfectly. If you took a snapshot of that, that'd be like a five out of five, just that pure scene alone, the way it's done, it's brilliant. Um, I think the other the, act, the other action bits are good as well, but I think this one's quite unique because of the way it does with the luggage. All the other ones could be almost from other action films, albeit they're still good, but they're like copying, you've seen it all before, if that makes sense, you know? No, I completely agree. Uh, what did you think, Rev? Uh, I think it's very well done. It, it needed a bit of a action scene injection into it and i think they did a really well good job by having that at the right moment yeah completely it was really loud it's really strange though that when you think these are soldiers and he's fighting against two soldiers and when he's spraying like hairspray in one of them instead of shooting bruce willis he shoots the can of hairspray which is a really (laughs) strange decision isn't it yeah I just felt sorry for all the people whose luggage was being shot. Yeah, they're gonna get aware of that and go, "Why the fuck is my luggage full of bullets?" (laughs) All those poor extras. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird because he kills one of the baddies in this roller, which appears to crush suitcases if they're too big. Surely, (laughs) at an airport, they don't have things like that—that of a metal crusher that's capable of crushing someone's head. That. If, if you're on holiday and you've got somebody who's got a massive Samsonite case, that it's just going to try and crush it or break it. it, it I, I don't know where they got Space that from. Saving, maybe. Who knows? I can't imagine. So it's, it's like, oh, that guy's an idiot, right? Let's put it through the crusher. That'll sort of piss him off when he gets to the, to the other end. Yeah, it was absolute nonsense. I must admit, I don't fly enough to actually know about these kind of things. But Please comment and let us know. Exactly. Have you ever killed anyone in a crusher at an airport by accident? <laughs> if you have, it'll be a secret. We won't tell anyone, but it'll just be interesting for the yeah. pod. So yeah, definitely. But all of the baddies um are kind of set up at this church. Conveniently, there's a church really close to the airport where they can set up their own control tower and they can manipulate all of the planes, they can cut off all of the power from the the main control tower um so they can crash any plane land any plane turn the lights on turn lights off it's it's really really convenient and you've got the guy in the control tower at dallas tower um fred thompson and he appears to be in charge of the police the control tower and the whole airport because he ends up telling and you've got kind of the tropey cop again um, who's Carmine Lorenzo, played by Dennis Franz. He's the police chief at the airport, but even he appears to answer to the control tower manager, which surely that would never happen. Except they are just separate jobs. It's really strange that he takes advice from him. I don't know. I honestly don't know how it's set up. I guess if you're in control of the tower and you, you know, you'd need to do things 
their way. I don't know, but you're right. It's quite a strange setup. Pro police force, maybe. It's really strange, isn't it? That mm. he's kind of takes advice as to you send because basically he's against Bruce Willis. He's a tropey cop, and I wasn't too sure if I liked him or not because he is a trope. But it's the first time we've had in a Die Hard film someone who's actually, and he is, he does go down the line, he does do things, and he does come across as a complete ass kisser. But he's eventually helping Bruce Willis, which he's never really had. But I think the one-liners between them when they first meet, when it's like a dick measuring competition about who's in charge, that the, the lines really date this film, and they really just. You don't get films with these lines anymore, do you, when they're putting each other down about the lead in your ass and the shit in your brains, you know? It's just absolute bollocks, isn't it? It's, well, it's old, yeah, it's old school action film, though, isn't it? And it's, he is, like he says, you know, you're in my pond and all this sort of shit. He's, it's a proper trope, isn't it? But you got to love it. you got to love it. I've been reading that off for days now. <laughs> can't wait till you get the fucking sack then <laughs> <laughs> is it the lead in your ass or shit in your brains <laughs> nice what did you think Jay I thought yeah it was, I didn't think anything of it really I just thought it was a bit cheesy that's it I didn't, I didn't really think they were dated I didn't I did not get the lead in your ass shit in your brains because I'm pretty sure Pooh doesn't set up on metal metal sentences. That was my next question. I I didn't get that. If that was me and someone shouted that out of me, (coughs) I'd just turn around and go, shit doesn't set it off. I know, that's what I'd say. Argument one, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully there's a deleted scene with that. And then, (laughs) you know, this is all over (laughs) strawberries, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if they, like, improv to different put-downs. And that was the best ones that they come out with. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. That would be really funny because mm. I should imagine there's some really shit like put downs that they came up with. And if, mind you, if that's the best one. And another thing, scruples question. When Bruce Willis is at the airport, he's trying to, he befriends um, this attractive um kind of she's not a stewardess but she's like a someone on a help desk for one of the airlines and he takes fingerprints from one of the bad guys uh which we later discover with the help of sergeant al Powell. um that the guys had a fake id and he died years ago um in another country so he kind of gives um, willis the heads up that basically everyone here there's something wrong with them and all of these people tropely aren't if tropely is a word tropely aren't um paying any attention to him but she chats him up and says i finish at so-and-so o'clock and do you fancy meeting up was he right turning her down <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate question <laughs> what <laughs> well james has got morals so you answer first james yeah i thought it was quite classy the way he uh showed his uh Marriage, marriage ring, which I thought was nice. But no, sorry. Marriage yeah, ring. Yeah, he, yeah. Did, he didn't show any other rings. Yeah. No, 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 no more rings involved in that one, really, is there? <laughs> just, just the marriage ring. Just the marriage ring. Just the marriage wedding ring. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. 
Paul. Eight is Paul. What about you, my friend? Of course he was right to show him the ring. Show her the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, now he's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course he was right. He couldn't have a day. He was waiting for his wife to come off the plane. I mean, I'm a bit worried about what Rab's going to say. Who shows someone the badge to get in their back door? But Rab, <laughs> it, it, it only took like less than thirty minutes to dive, <laughs> go into complete debauchery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I kind of agree with James. He did the right thing. Oh, look oh, at that! You. Just in case all of your misses at some point are going to listen to this, unbelievable. What, 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 what are you going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to fuck her. And then yeah. yeah, he's not going to say that, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's not going to be like, you know, my missus is coming. How about you get off now, bend you over, and do you good? Die harder. Well, he, could say, die harder. No, <laughs> not, he could say, no. my missus is coming in a minute. Would you like to come first? Oh. 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 I mean, where I was going with this is, should they have gone for a coffee and just had a chat about it? But James has taken it to a massive level. And it's <laughs> no, unbelievable. Saying, what, was, what was the alternative there? You know, having it, was, it, would, it, it would have been funny if in Die Hard with a Vengeance he's with that girl. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think it'd be great if he's go. playing child maintenance because he got her up the duff just for a. You <laughs> yeah. never know, that might be the reason the why later on in Die Hard they split up. Yeah. You never know. You never <laughs> could know. be. Could be. Well, and Opie Neal, where, where do you stand, Opie? Well, I think I've just said my one, haven't I? To be fair, it's. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Excellent stuff. <laughs> I would have probably taken her for a Costa coffee and spoke to her about it um, as a gentleman about, and left about it. About the coffee? That. Just to, to find out more about her job. Does she enjoy a job? And uh, that I would like to meet her with her. She's attractive, but I'm in a relationship. So and see how she feels you about that. Yeah. yeah. You take it for a Costa exactly. coffee. You talk about the job. And then you're like, thank you, enjoy the rest of your latte and then walk away. Yeah. Is that, is that the plan? All right, okay. That's really Yeah, strange. and I would probably, yeah, Fair and enough. just exchange phone numbers as well, probably, just in case we're a backup. So. Oh, oh in, case, in case of fire break glass kind of thing. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, everyone needs a backup, don't they? You know what I mean? Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty safe for that. So it's all good. Um, we soon find out that the the hostage the hostages are in danger because you've got Colonel Stewart who then ends up turning the lights out of all of the runways, and then he announces to everyone that if they don't obey what he says, he is going to take down one plane. And the kind of it was interesting because at this time nothing really had been done like this, and the fact that he does kind of what Colonel Stewart sees as take a piss and and just kind of breach his ideas. And it's really interesting. You've got Windsor Airlines where they show people speaking lovely English, the Queen's yes. English, and all the stewards like we get there just like British Airways. And then he changes where the ground is, the level of the ground, and crashes that plane into the ground. And you see dolls showing that children have died in this. That I don't think they'd ever get away with this now. And it's amazing that they even got away with it back then. I don't know what you guys think. It's mental. It's, it's hard-hitting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's madness. It's, Absolute it's, madness. Because when you watch it, I think, you know, back in the 90s when this came out, you just thought, oh, wow, amazing action and all this. But I think as you get older, you sort of realise that, Jesus, that is horrendous. You know, could you actually ever imagine that happening sort of thing to 
being there and seeing that must be awful. So yeah, you, you, I don't think they could do that anymore, especially obviously after the events that have happened. You know, like James said earlier. So yeah, well, it was a lot of wise things James has said. So I'm having to write them down as he says them because there's quite a lot of things. You could write um, a book on what James not, says, to be fair, couldn't you? You can do. Say something wise, James. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but go for it. Oh, mate, I've got, I've got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> Again, right. that's, that's a good title. Again, that's a title for the book. That's there. That's a title. Uh, do you know we missed you, I've James? Last um, week we did yeah. Highlander. Mm. Okay. No, I was a bit upset. I really like Highlander. I want it now. And at the start of Highlander, can you answer a question? It's available on YouTube and right, on um, uh, everything else. The two wrestlers at the start are they proper wrestlers or not? I don't know now. Well, that's it. You know what's you. You know what's you. No, we spoke about this as a genuine topic on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm. Go on. Yeah, they are. Go on, it's really clear, isn't it? One of them, I think. I've I've looked clear? this up. I've looked it up. Oh, have you? Yeah, because I was annoyed about the fact that we couldn't tell if they were or not, so I looked it up. So they are four of them, all four professional wrestlers. Yeah, they are. I'm sure that it, I, they're. I think they're watching NWA or, or the which is which was WCW later on the National Wrestling Alliance, depending how far in the eighties it was for World Championship Wrestling. I think, I think I'm having a guess. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. can you remember uh, the name of Sam Fatu? Um, Fatu, yeah, yeah, because he ended up being in WWE. There you go. And Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Yes. And the other one was Buddy Roberts and Michael Sites. The oh, okay. four wrestlers. So I was going to point that out today anyway. So thank you, Stu. Oh, well that up oh, the, 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 the minute Stu went, the minute Stu went. Oh, at the beginning of Highlander. I can see where this was going. I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I slipped. I slipped one sentence out. Now it must have been near a decade ago, and 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 it, and it fucked me up for the next ten years and, and some. And yes, I, mate. And I went to one, wrestling school. I'm getting destroyed. One <laughs> slip. One slip can yeah. last a lifetime. We all know that. Well, yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're paying for 18 years, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you paint me out to be a right wanker. I love it. <laughs> no, you're not. No. no, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> one thing we I have kind of skipped over very, very naughtily is when they, they realise they've cut all of the power and the tower can't talk to anyone whatsoever. So... And in this film, I don't know how much is paid, but it isn't enough. You've got someone called Barnes, who's played by Art Evans. And he's like the tech, the radio guy in the tower. And if it wasn't for him, they'd have no clue how to do anything. Take a shit, flush a toilet, anything without <laughs> this guy. And he works out that the Skywalk Annex, they can um, set a beacon off and they can talk to the planes without anyone knowing because it just makes a, a noise and they can use that noise to talk to the planes without the bad is knowing or so they think. And it turns out to be a setup. And again, you've got Bruce Willis going through this air duct, proper old school, call back to the original, and you get a really good shootout with Robert Patrick. How good is mm. that? I love this shootout. I think it's really, really good. Again, guys, feedback, go now. <laughs> 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 on the spot. I've had too much sugar tonight. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, well, uh, you'd think they'd be able to win if they've got a T1000 on their side. But... Too right. Well, yeah. That was his next film as well, wasn't it? After this. It was indeed. It was, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a good film. I, I like the way it ended. 
Um, there, there are few, quite loads of the SWAT got taken out. Bruce Willis kind of saved the day, and um, the fact that he presses the, uh, the the little the little travelator thing, whatever you call them now, not an escalator, is it? What are the flat ones called it? Uh, I think they are uh, travelator. Travelator, yeah, yeah. yeah. Travelator. Travelator. right? Yeah. Travelator, yeah, he presses it to get the gun. <laughs> that was really nice. I like that. I would have really liked it at the end when he, because he obviously doesn't switch the travelator off if he just got kicked in the face by the dead body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dead foot. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous Rev, what do you think, my pedigree chum? <laughs> I, when I first saw it again, I thought, look, it's, you know, it's from Terminator. But I was very young when I first watched it, so um, I must have watched it after Terminator 2. I watched that. But no, I think it was a very good um, good scene, probably for the air ducks. And just as soon as you think Barnes is, is done for, Bruce Willis just comes out with a win, shoots into the grate. I initially thought when he, he um, shot a few times, hit the metal grate and just bounced off. But then all of a sudden, oh, wait, no, he's been shot. And it went straight through him. I was like, geez, that's, that's quite nasty. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's really, really good scene. I think it's just a great bit of violence. They need it. And you, you do get kind of quite a lot of chat before it happens and before it builds up to this. But it turns out that it was just a trick that Colonel Stewart predicted they do this. So they set him up to go there to take them all out because their baddies were waiting there. And they ended up blowing up the um, Skywalk Annex anyway. So all of those people and the SWAT team died for nothing. But when you think you've got Marvin, who is the Argyle from the first one, who's the limo driver. And when you've got Carmine Lorenzo, who's the Dwayne T. Robinson from the first one. They've really taken the playbook of this, haven't they? Holly's up in the air. She's trying to do everything, rally the troops, just like the first one. I mean... It's really strange how that they stuck to the. I know it's obviously the ingredients for it work so well because the first one was so fucking brilliant of why they work so well. But it's blatantly from the Die Hard playbook, isn't it? It's mental just how like it is, but in another area. Honestly, when I see this, that's all I think. Can't disagree with you, mate. Yeah. To be honest, but mm. <clears throat> if it's not broke, why fix it? Sort of thing. Yeah. I guess was what they were. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because. In the 80s and 90s, sequels were kind of like, let's copy the previous film, but kind of have more of the same, which works some of the time and doesn't. And I think sequels nowadays, sometimes what you're looking for is maybe a different scenario that pushes the at least pushes the character forward and lets us know a bit more about the character, which, which we never got. This was the cliche 80s, 90s sequel, bigger, badder kind of thing. I mean, I, 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 I really enjoyed the film. I'm... I don't think it's bad for that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it does feel very much copy and paste when you when you're looking at you're looking at it from like a bird's eye view of like the basic plot structure structure, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But as you guys say though, it, why kind of change it? Because I'm sure if they would have come up with another idea, that people would have turned around. So I would have been one of them because I'm a trappy fucker anyway, and just said, well, "Why did they change it? It was so good the first one." Mm. You know what I mean? So I did think, I mean, they'd come up with such bold ideas. And when they know that plane is going to crash because they've raised like the ground by about 200 metres and Bruce Willis goes outside in the snow. And the fact that they actually filmed it this time of year because they thought there was going to be snow and the fact that it did not snow, that a lot of the time, the reason why it looks so bad is because they've got it's potato kind of flakes they've got that are flying through the air, which wise looks so bad because and. Yeah, and when they were filming, the lights were so bright. There were so many of them 
that Bruce Willis was saying in an interview that the set really smelt of potato because they had so many um, potato flakes. They imported snow, didn't work. So that's why it looks so strange. But that's mental, isn't it? That is mad. Because I always wondered why the flakes were so big and stuff. So now I know. There yeah. you go. They were going to use Monster Munch, What's It or Skips, but it did not work. No, no, it's not going to work as well, is it? Not really, not no. really. So I think, as I was saying before, I kind of distracted myself, but <laughs> it's it's a really a, a bizarre idea that Bruce Willis thinks going out to the runway with two metal sticks that are on fire is going to help a plane, a jumbo jet, whatever it is, 74737, see him and that they'll be able to land safely. I mean, it's so it's so diehard over the top. It's insane, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I guess at that yeah. point, the character's head is very much desperation, isn't it? So anything to to do to get some kind of signal out to the plane. So, yeah. You know, you, we were all did the same if that was the case, I'm sure. Would we? we know you would, Ralph. No, no. Because you're a hero. Would. No, God, no. Jesus, no. Um, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> light a fire somewhere and then... That's you know, what a hero says. Spread. That is exactly <laughs> what a hero says. <laughs> exactly. No, God, you're a hero. No, I'm not. I'm not a hero. Yeah. There you are. Paul would uh, grab I'll a helicopter. Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> Paul bring it down with a helicopter, definitely. Yeah. Barry would still have visibility on that for all the um, flight checks. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing my knee pads. <laughs> that's talking about flying, mate. I don't know why you're talking about knee pads. That's, that's a different no, you need, you, you have your knee pads on to put your, your charts in. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> He he tries to and fails miserably to save that plane. I don't know why he does it, because he doesn't know. For all he knows, that's Holly on that plane, and that plane's going to crash. But a backup, that is why you have a backup. Exactly. As you said earlier, I think it might have been James, break the glass. you got that bird who works on the counter for the other airlines. You know? Always good to have a backup. <laughs> So, but thankfully it wasn't. It was just an English plane filled with pompous <laughs> English people that crashed into the ground. And after about five minutes in this film, no one gives a shit, you know. It's not even reported <laughs> on the news, is it? They're no. still going on about Esperanza landing. So, <laughs> the plane crashed full of English people. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's only <laughs> the English. Don't worry about it. It's where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> and but, it's brilliant. I love the fact the pilots in that plane, again, are so over-the-top English as well, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> I, saw, just... I remember seeing that and thinking, that's Miles O'Brien from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I thought no, 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 That's all I think. Yeah. Whenever I see him, it's Miles O'Brien. Instantly Yeah, There should be a secret Easter egg where he suddenly transports just as the plane is. We're going to crash. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what did you guys think about when Esperanza's plane does land? He takes out the guard who's on the plane all too easy, shoots everyone. And even though his altitude is really high and he's got no oxygen, thankfully he doesn't die. He does manage to land a plane. And you've got Willis there who turns up as he opens the door, proper Willis style. Just takes him out, punches him in the face, which is brilliant. And then he hides in the, like the cockpit of the plane. If I'm getting any jargon wrong, Paul, please tell me because I don't want to offend you. <laughs> but and then you get every... textbook so far. <laughs> Thank you very much. Feeling the pressure though. 
And then you get all of um, uh, Colonel Stewart and all of his goons turn up and shoot the shit out of that cockpit. And then the only way when they chuck about 20 grenades in there that he can get out is to press the ejector seat. And I mean, it, it does make they showed this in the advert of uh, the trailer when this uh, film was coming out. I remember seeing it of Willis flying up in the air and the special effects are just terrible blue screen. Yeah. What did you, yeah. you guys think of that? Did you think, oh, fuck off or, or not? You had to. How long are the fuses on those grenades? Yeah. That's what I It was thought. great to see. It's four seconds. <laughs> in the old <laughs> days, the grenade in the World War, they used to be 10, and then they reduced them to four seconds, a uh, hand wow. grenade. Because I looked yeah. at that, I thought, oh, Maybe. fuck off. Maybe, maybe they got them with a discount, like, you know, like, like best before grenade from World War. <laughs> or maybe because it's cold. <laughs> yeah, could be because it's cold. It was definitely more than four seconds. It was <laughs> yeah. bad. But I think at the time, if you're going to do that, because obviously it was, it's behind the green screen, well, blue screen, wasn't it, when they, think when they, filmed, when they filmed it? I don't think it looked, yeah. for the time, I don't think it looked that bad. I think it only looks bad now because our expectations are so, are completely different. I thought for the time it looked okay. Because bear in mind, when it came out, there wasn't DVD. Yes, so, so it, you imagine watching it, your CRT, your 25 or at most 32 in CRT at home. I think it would have looked right. I just, mm. Only now it just looks so bad because it's, it's an old film. But I think for the time, it was really, it, it, I think it was really good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But yeah, it, now it looks bad. But for the time, I thought it, it looked good. And I remember watching it on TV. But did you think it was over the top, though, Jay? As in... Uh... It's just fucking ridiculous that he even knows how to and thinks to that to use an ejector seat or we you just like that's it. This is what Willis does. Yeah, I, I thought well, it's bigger and better, isn't it? It's like it's like the classic sequel. I mean, I guess the alternative <coughs> was that um, the four seconds it blows up, but then you go, then it, then it goes, no, it's no, no, it's no, and it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have been a. No, not as satisfying. I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice. I think it's one of the big stunts. I think that everyone remembers from Die Hard, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. everyone's going to remember that, rightly or wrongly, either because how bad it is, or yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah. Thirty-two seconds. Wow. It takes. So they throw the grenades in. It's thirty-two seconds from when they throw them into them exploding. I'm not being yeah. funny. You could pick them all back up and throw them back out again. Plot device grenade. Catch. Yeah, I thought, grenade, yeah. I thought they did well actually getting it in the cockpit. To be honest, I would have missed. They did really well getting it through that little window. Yeah. Just bounce back by your foot or something. Yeah. Yeah, one of them missed. But I, I thought it was great. I thought it was well over the top. And when you think he's jumped off buildings and held onto hose pipes and shot through windows and shit like that, it's. I don't know why the bad is didn't actually follow it up and shoot him whilst he was in the air, because they saw him eject anyway, unless they're kind of really tight and told not to fire too many now, bullets to his budget. Dead? Did they think he was dead in the film? Uh, no. No. They didn't, did they? No, no. no, <clears> no, throat> 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 no throat> yeah, so it was a really weird decision that they didn't... So didn't they the, um, did one of them comments say, you know, a lucky or something like that, they just yeah. knew that he was alive. <sighs> Yeah, they picked him up, didn't they? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I think it would have been better had he done that. They thought he was dead and he's got like surprise bitches kind of moment later on, you know, um, <laughs> down the road. Surprise! Maybe, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is it? When, when Obi-Wan jumps down in the thinking uh, third in the stars, hello there. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? It was Cyril Grievous. I love that. Yeah. I love that moment. That's so funny for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Like the rest yes, of the film. It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then you get the introduction. They call in the army. And the army conveniently are there within about 10 seconds. And I really like John Amos, who plays Major Grant, who plays the dad. I think he's the dad in Coming to America. And that's all I could picture him of what? being in Coming to America. It's just so, yeah, so good. has it. If you zoom in on his bag, there's a McDowell burger in there somewhere. <laughs> McDowell's or whatever. Was it McDowell? <laughs> yeah, McDowell's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <somebody>, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. I really, and I'd love that to be true. You know what I mean? That would be amazing. At the airport, they have a McDowell's or something like that. I think that would be so great. That'd been brilliant, wouldn't it? That'd have been brilliant. But I really like him, and I, when I first watched this, I was fooled. I was genuinely fooled into thinking that he's going to be on um, Bruce Willis's John McClane side, and for once, it's not going to be Willis doing everything. And I, I thought it was really, really good that. And, and again, there's apart from the clips when they show a blue clip. Um, and a red clip, and all of the soldiers change them. Um, there's no hint, is there? And I think it's a really good um, kind of twist in this film. I think definitely it was a um, very well, as you said, very well put together twist. And you, you do believe him to be quite a genuine character. Mm. All of a sudden, he's a hard ass, and then he hates McLean, and all of a sudden, starts getting along with him. So uh, the character, the casting was perfect. Um, you can just see him doing that and then all of a sudden you see this character his personas I'm, I'm a badass you know you will listen to me and all of a sudden you start warming towards mclean and then that that plot twist right at the end is like oh damn i thought you were a good guy you yeah. betrayed us all no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna watch your film with you next i can't wait if, if yeah. i get a commentary like this yeah we've got to go and see a film together around <laughs> i could just see you sitting there going no <laughs> oh, me standing upon lamenting so, no you were such a great guy i can't believe you did that to him <laughs> <laughs> but we we do learn that something is strange because Again, it's Barnes who finds this church. No one else does. He's found the, the tower they can try and talk that got blown up, um, the sky volcanics, and he's found the church. No one else found that. And they go and have a shoot up. And again, they change to like blue magazines. And then General um, Colonel Stewart changes to blue magazines as well. And, and it's strange because everyone's shooting at each other. And usually in diehard films, people just get fucking shot to bits and they love showing it. And in this, no one does. And it's really bizarre but you don't question it uh well i certainly didn't anyway and then it leads to a really good this are they skidoos they're called they are yeah a really good chase and as you said jay earlier um it's proper james bond isn't it yeah definitely roger moore era james bond that was i felt yeah i loved it and the fact they go across the lake and the lake is breaking as they're going across it and i did feel sorry for when willis has got his obviously his own pistol on him and one of the baddies kind of falls off and his mate waits for him and he gets shot by Willis. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait yeah, for you. Quite <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But it, it leads to a really good chase. And again, that he can't understand when he's kind of going head to head with one of them. That You even hear him say it, that I had him in my sights. And Willis is getting shot to bits and he doesn't kill the guy. And that's when he, he realises, but... 
you still don't, if you're not paying attention, you should do realize that everything he was doing, he was like I have been for a long time. He's firing blanks. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm waiting for it. I was like, oh, train wreck. comes. <laughs> you like the end scene in um oh what's that hang on what's that what one paul what are you, no, you going to go with this no i've just i've just gone a bit a bit va no no <laughs> silver streak you like the last scene in silver street with that train coming crashing through the platform <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a train crash. That is so nice. Lovely <laughs> analogy there, mate. Yeah. Really, really appreciate that. That's right. But, but um, Thornburg starts broadcasting from the plane. That, and again, as we've spoken about earlier, rightly so. That it's a massive cover-up, and there are terrorists there because his um, colleague picks up on the beacon um, and hears what Colonel Stewart's saying. And I do feel it, it's kind of it's a good scene, and it's weird when they um, you've got Grant. Uh, on the way back with the other troops and you've got that young lad who they've pointed out numerous times um, and he was like oh it's great serving with you and he goes yeah this is why it makes it so hard and they're all in the back of the truck together and he pulls out a knife and he just cuts uh, Major Grant does just cuts his young lad's throat I mean he could have given him the option of are you available that I can buy your friendship and your any guilt and conscience you've got instead he cuts his throat. But I think it's a really effective scene, isn't it? I was lamenting at that point. No. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, no, it, it kind of shows the character turn all of a sudden and you're not you're not prepared for it. And then all of a sudden you see this happening. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, this, this just got more serious. Yeah, I, I think it was really, really necessary. I mean, James, for a man who's spent many a years in the ring wrestling did you think this was too violent <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was going to say something else <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's not it's not a podcast that doesn't come out once one at a time um something about wrestling ring naked men touch um yeah no no, no, no. like ralph said it was like kind of just out there wasn't it, it was really sudden unexpected um yeah, I mean, I mean, Rav put it a lot better and more eloquent than I can. So, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I just wondered. And the fact that whilst Thornburg is broadcasting, he gets tasered um, by Holly McLean. It, I thought, for me, it was... They had to do something to shut him up. They obviously had to. And it's a trope in the first one. He got punched out. And did they really need to kind of taser him or... Because Holly's doing nothing, and it's a shame for me that she's left up in the air again, having a bit part in this film, and all she's given is her moment is to taser Thornburg. I I thought it was a bit weak, to be honest. I, I mean, I put it on the floor. What do you guys think about it? I loved it. I, I think I liked it, but I thought it was um, a tick in the box for the Die Hard template. Yeah, mm, that's a good way of putting it. I liked it because I. Fucking hate Thornburg. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. such a tool. Yeah, that's and the disinvakement. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, no one disses Venkman. Shocking. <laughs> Jay, what did you think, mate? I thought it was right. I
I did slightly fantasize about about oh, um, God. Leslie Nielsen coming <laughs> and slapping a few people on the plane. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I thought I thought it was right. As, as uh, Paul, AC Paul said, it, it, it's part of the diehard template, isn't it? It would have been nice. Mm. And I, I know what you're saying to you. If she did the equivalent of rallying the troops, getting and, and trying to find out what was going on, and maybe worked out, and she was the one that maybe worked out about the weird beeping, um, you know, for the ra- you know, you know, on, on the radar and getting the transmission, they could have given her a lot more to do. Um, and yeah, she, she ended up just being almost like a damsel in distress, really, because you take her away from the film, other than uh, other than the pure fact that it's his wife up there. She doesn't add anything really to the film. I know that sounds really horrible, but she doesn't really in what she does, other than someone to be saved. She doesn't. She doesn't really move the plot along at all, does she? Like in the first film. Uh, I couldn't no. agree more. Yeah. yeah. It, it would have made no difference whether it's um, Holly McLean up there or whether it's Sergeant Al Powell coming in to see him, spending Christmas <laughs> with him. It, it, you know what I mean? It, it's it's not a case of. And if the plane would have crashed. I, you really wouldn't have given a shit, you know what I mean? It wouldn't have affected the outcome of the film, I don't think. I wouldn't have thought, oh, it would have been much better if she would have lived. Because you don't invest anything in her, so it just doesn't make a difference, you know what I mean? Obviously he does, which is why the plot goes is driven so much. But I just wanted her to, to have more, to have a moment, rather than her moment be, um, I know you love it, Neil, but tasering Thornburg, you know? It just seems a bit strange, but... They do um, rescue uh, General Esperanza and they do meet at the airport. One of his demands is to have a massive plane waiting um, and they kind of get up on this plane and the plane's going to take off. And the only thing that um, they can do is the police officers are so terrible. And when they jump in the car and drive about six foot and crash into this taxi, it's just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. This there's no. It's meant to be a moment of drama. It's like, oh my god, they're never going to make yeah. it because he's crashed. It's so weak that part of. It's just pointless. It it doesn't add any drama, does it, or any tension? The fact that he's with that um, car mine, and he crashes the car. It's just shit. It doesn't get going until he meets <laughs> Sam Coleman and grabs the helicopter. Thankfully, she's got a helicopter, and they chase after the aeroplane. I mean, Paul, can you do this? Not you yourself. I know you can. But is this something that can be done? <clears throat> yeah, you can. And it was done, wasn't it? That was actually that was a helicopter and an aircraft. I, mean, I don't know what um, speed they were travelling at, but yeah, you can you can match as long as it's not going above and beyond the the helicopter's limits. But yeah, they can they can do that. You've heard it here, folks. You've heard it here. Eighties uh-huh. Paul, helicopter pilot. Model lover. Is that, is that the first time Paul's been happy with a helicopter in a film? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. No, second time. The, the The Matrix was my first one. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't think you was happy because they didn't do right. some kind of drill or something in that. Oh, the cockpit drill. Uh, not the cockpit drill. The um. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. You're right, Stu. I was. Yeah, they didn't. They literally. Oh, so just this said, is the first time that you'd had yeah. no complaints. Yeah. Oh, but God. then again. Then again, they got that helicopter up, so probably would have taken them a few minutes to get it up, and make sure everything was fine. Well, the T's and P's were in the green. That happens, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's not Sometimes the first it time. it takes a few minutes. <laughs> exactly. To get it up. Oh, my God, it's turning into a carry-on film. It really is. 
I have to say, it did start with Rav oh. showing his badge to get in the back door. So exactly. it's all Rav's fault. Exactly, <clears throat> exactly. On the John. whole, that bit was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh good, my didn't lord! Yeah. But it's really good because he does chase them down, and the pilot is not willing to kind of do the tropey thing, which has been done in loads of films. And I, I take it he wanted him to to go down on the wing and stop the. I hate to say this word, the flaps from going up so the plane could take off. So he jumps on the wing and I, I don't really, obviously, unsurprisingly, know much about the aviation, but why didn't? Because you get um, Grant going out there to fight him, watched Overwatch by Colonel Stewart. Why didn't they both go out there and just take him out rather than do like um, a wrestling James tag team and just watch one after the other? But that's what they do in movies, doesn't it? One goes, mm. yeah. No matter what genre you're looking at, it's always one after the other that goes in. We say it's all the time, don't we? Yeah, the same with Kill Bill. On the plane? Yes, on the wing. Right, the mm. reason why is because the Colonel Esperanza says no shooting, no firing on the plane. He has a gun. I appreciate he could help out. Um, I, I, the only reason why he's not doing it, I, I think, because, I don't know, but, uh, he's worried about falling off. I don't, there's the shooting things he's playing. He can't shoot, he can't shoot at the wing because he's going to damage the plane. That helps. But yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. it does, but it doesn't at the same time, doesn't it? Because you're right. Why wouldn't you both just you both them at the same time rather than one after the other? But like we've, like Paul's just said, you know, we've said it in Lethal Weapon and all sorts, haven't you? It's like my turn now. It's your turn. And, you know, it's. But there again, that's the excitement build up and everything else, isn't it? So. But it yeah, doesn't yeah. Make sense. and it's a really good fight between mm. um, Willis and Major Grant. Really, really good fight. I love it. I think they both handle themselves really, really well, and it's brilliant the way that Grant gets sucked into the engine. Uh, it just is completely rank. And when you think, like when you watch that, Sully, a, a, a seagull flying in can take a plane down. The fact that Grant gets sucked into the engine and it can still just completely fly. I mean. Would it do that, or would it just smash the whole thing to bits? It would have mullered the engine, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have mullered it. Definitely. Don't care how strong those propellers are. It's not going to go through a human bone, is it? Yeah. Better about flame out. Oh, I love it when you use jargon like that. It's unbelievable. And this is the free podcast as well, and you're hearing words like flame out. (laughs) I, uh, I am aroused. (laughs) <laughs> and then you, you get Colonel Stewart go out there. What do you think we saw him do the Kalanetics at the start of it, naked with a bit of sack? Is it sack or was it was it trunk that we saw? I thought <laughs> I it, think was it was both. both. It was I definitely it was both. It, maybe. I don't know. Do you can you can you see both? You must have. Depends. You get to a certain age where you have long balls, so <laughs> you must be quite well endowed to have kind of sack and trunk as well. I mean, <laughs> Depends on the Man who wore leotard a hell of a lot due to your sports. <laughs> Where do you stand on this? <coughs> oh, you well, the, the plane thing. Oh, well, it, was, uh, it wasn't going to happen, was it? But it, it was a nice shot, a nice way to go, really, wasn't it? You, it's, you know, you're going you're gonna to remember it. And bear in mind, I think this film, when it came out in the UK, it was in 18, I think, when it came out on video anyway. Um, yes. It was. Yeah, it's they were, not, weren't they? It's, from what I remember, it's a lot more violent visually than the first film albeit the first one was still quite violent i think for his time uh yeah i i think it's for me it's kind of on par i mean i i like this fight in the fact that 
Bruce Willis gets kicked off and he would lose. He, he would not beat um, Colonel Stewart. There's no way it would have been ridiculous for him to beat him. It's laughable that he's got the savvy to know how to take. I mean, I can rarely take the petrol cap off a car. If I get a new car, it takes me a while to work out how I do it. <laughs> the, the fact he can actually do <laughs> it on an aeroplane. which side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah which side. The fact he can do it on a plane is... It's shot Does he do it? He him. Yeah, I think he sees it. It's almost by accident. As he's hanging off, he's like, oh my God, what's that? The it's almost as if he sees it by accident. And it's mm. kind of like, a, well, a last ditch attempt. Yes, it is. I don't know how he knows how to undo it, but he managed. But I think him seeing it, it was a complete accident and realising it was there. For me, that's yeah. what I thought when I was watching it. Yeah, I agree. I'd go with that. That's absolutely fine. And it's great that he loses for once. And again, I don't know how... To, true this is probably complete bollocks but the the way he sets fire to it and it i do like the fact that it chases it down the runway and the effects even back then when minus is 1990 of the flames going through the air and catching the plane and exploding i, I think it's a really really punchy kind of effective mm. ending i i think it's great that all of the baddies mm. die in such a horrid way definitely, definitely. yeah do you, you think it would chase the, the plane like that, the flame? Do you think it would do? don't know. I don't know. It's kerosene, though, isn't it? It's combustible, not flammable. Oh, my God. Oh. Again, I'd like to remind everyone, this is a free podcast and you're getting facts. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> yeah, this is better than Wikipedia. <laughs> the education from this pod alone is worth yeah. a subscription fee. It's <clears throat> amazing. But it's really good. I love the reaction as well. When he, he's just laying on the... Uh, potato peelings on the floor just laughing um and he's calling out holly's name because he knows he saved her but th- this kind of the whole line when the the, the flame chases the airplane it's really funny that all the planes suddenly use it as a beacon to land surely the first plane would then put out these flames and all of the other ones would just fucking crash that's a good point. <laughs> Again, yeah, that'd have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're safe. Yeah. Well, as a credit for all the other planes you see crashing in the background, <laughs> <laughs> flames out, <laughs> just walking away. That'd be terrible, yeah. wouldn't it? The next day, there's a massive pile of planes where they didn't make it. <laughs> 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 the entire runway was covered in snow. So how the hell do they know how far the runway is? Because obviously, when that plane takes off. The bad guy's plane. It blows up. It obviously doesn't hit the end of the runway. So probably yeah. three quarters down the runway. Mm, and yeah. I'm sure there's going to be something at the end of that because mm. after the first plane, it that didn't yeah. get stuffed into it. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? It really, really is. And you get some brilliant one-liners from the tower manager, uh, oh, Thompson. So man, it is so tropey, but it's proper manly quotes. They can all see it. Yeah. Oh, they I loved it. And that knowing smile. Oh, it's so horny and lovely. Get off my screen. (laughs) I've always wanted to. When the plane lands, you get that kind of um, inflatable slide that goes down. Obviously, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'd need to slide down one. But they always look like so much fun, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure everyone that's used them think that's the same thing. No, obviously, I, I mean, <laughs> being in a situation where you needed one is bad, but they look like good fun to slide down. That was a real scene, actually, wasn't it? Because you got 
uh, Holly's at the front. And you've got all these extras sort of like looking into the distance behind her. That's not real, is it? Everyone be going, get the fuck off the plane. Yeah, I yeah. thought that. Get she off. ages to go down there. You'd push her by accident, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or, or accidentally on purpose. Oh. Whoops, sorry, yeah. love. <laughs> and then all the firemen, all the firemen come in. And I don't know whether they're real firemen or extras, right? But just, you could see them and you desperately try not to look at the camera crew. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oops, I've just looked. <laughs> I love looking at the extras to see their I expressions. Do. I do. I love it, yeah. It, it can ruin so a film, but it's always good. Like the extras yeah. in Highlander, when they're uh, uh, when they're baying for blood, when they're trying to get him, um, he's got the the almost like the cross, the, the bar across his, his his back, hasn't he? Yes. And the extras are trying to to kill him, uh, want to kill him, and just watching them, just it's just so cringy and awkward. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh. And I thought it was a lovely touch that Coleman, the reporter videos um willis and his missus cuddling and then kind of covers the camera up um so they can have their moment going against the stereotype of what thornberg is of kind of being really intrusive reporting and uh, and they have the moment and that's it i mean the film kind of pans away and then you get the traditional christmas music that the first film ended in which i really like that it's, it, i think it's yeah. a really nice touch i think that's it's nice it's such a cool little song that is he got his um, parking ticket ripped up as well. So, oh, that bit was yeah. nonsensely bollocks, wasn't it? Wasn't bollocks, it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Awful. Merry Christmas. Did yeah. you get this outside my airport? Oh, no. Freaking discount Danny DeVito. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well fucking said, James. Well Thank you. Said, yeah. Yeah. It was oh. awful, wasn't it? It's so, oh. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> is Die Hard 2 a Christmas film? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and it annoys me when people argue about that and, and Die Hard 1, because I've turned to them and go, okay, you're telling me Die Hard is not a Christmas film, then nor is Home Alone, because that has nothing to do with Christmas, really, maybe towards the end, other than the fact it's set at the same time. So yeah. if you're mm. using that argument, you can use it for Home Alone. That's right. I think, that's I that's think they are two classic, two classic. Christmas isn't Christmas. Absolutely. Without these two films on the on the telly. Definitely. Indeed. Yeah, the cinema show them every year, don't they? I mean, the Odeon's yeah. showing Die Hard at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really, really good. But so Die Hard 2, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear. I pretty much know where everyone's going to go. But Rav, um, what's your best bits, worst bits? And would you recommend? Would it be a strong recommend or a weak recommend? And how'd you score it, mate? Um, I definitely recommend it. It's part of the series. First one was a great movie. Second one followed up, albeit like everyone has said, in the same format. But I think um, the whole planning of this entire, well, let's face it, is a heist, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The entire planning of this heist by Colonel Stewart was really well thought out. And he took into consideration all the potential contingencies that would happen. So for that reason, I really like it because it, it makes you think and then you wouldn't realise that all of a sudden Major Grant is a bad guy. And that plot twist was really well done. It, it was hidden away and then all of a sudden it hits you quite hard. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I would definitely probably give it four out of five. Ooh. Ooh. Eight is Paul. Uh, definitely, 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 definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend it. Um, the... The worst bits for me is when and it's, it's the same in every film that Bruce Willis is in in this, in this uh, franchise. And that's when he's on his own. He's frustrated and he starts talking to himself. Like when he's down and he's trying to get into the, 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 the air duct. He's like, wait, the Christmas tree. And, you know, 
like four balls and yeah it's just I don't know what it is it's just he, his little monologue to himself just winding up <laughs> yeah it's a bit cliche so you went into Popeye then <laughs> <laughs> really I'll have to listen to that back because I didn't so I didn't <laughs> fantastic <laughs> right best bits is any any action sequence with him in it like any of the fight scenes the shoot 'em ups um, probably the best action scene in that going back to the beginning that would be in the um the luggage area yeah for the yeah as we said for the choreography and just it's, it's just a great great piece well filmed um and yeah four out of five. Oh, it's good that is good jay about yourself mate um probably three and a half to four out of five depending almost almost in my mood i really liked it, it it's it's the way I, I I don't consider Die Hard four and five for me. They're not really Die Hard films. I know they are, um, but I think it's the weaker one of the of the of the good trilogy. Let's say between one to three, um, yeah. but I still really enjoy it. And it's one of those films you can watch once a year anyway. Um, but yeah, it is a shadow of the first one, but not I think as much as I probably thought it would be before doing this before doing this uh, podcast. Uh, but all the action scenes. My favourite the luggage bit. Like at the time, that was really really unique. Um, it was shot. It was shot. It was shot really well. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, not often do you, you have someone use a golf club. And yeah. So you don't think being the template of the first one was to its kind of detriment then? It was. It, it probably was. Looking at it now, but I think at the time, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it just as much. It was just yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. at it critically, yeah, I do think, which is why. I was going for like a three and a half rather than rather than maybe a full. I mean, Die Hard for me is a five straight away, isn't it? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and I do think this is not as good as Die Hard, the third one, because the third one does completely change it up, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do the third one whilst it's available at some point. Um, Neil, Opie, go for it. Uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. I'd give it a four out of five. I think it's a, on a close par with the first Die Hard film. It is a carbon copy, pretty much, but I don't care because the first one was so good and this one has followed suit. It's got its tropey characters in it, and I mm. guess that's that's the bit I don't particularly enjoy. So, you know, Carmine and his brother are just fucking idiots in this and they really, <laughs> they really annoy me. Um, it's just that real trope, I've got a bigger dick than you when he clearly has got a you know, a fucking butter mushroom down there. Um, <laughs> so, and he's compensating for something. But no, the action scenes are brilliant. The special effects, yes, they're dated, but it's still fantastic. And, you know, it is a Christmas film. And it's, if you're going to watch a Christmas film, I'd say this or Die Hard, to, uh, Die Hard are the ones you need to watch. So, yeah, that's what I think. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Um, I've got to admit, I'd echo what you guys say. I think it's, a really good film when it's on. I'll always watch it. I, I really love the Die Hard format. It, it it was exactly the same as the first one, um, not to its detriment. I'd give it a four out of five, um, and I'd recommend it. I, I think the fact that it's dated, you just got to take that part and parcel of, in these days, you could make these films and you could get away with the things they got away with, such as blowing the plane up. And yeah. I love seeing the fact that you could smoke in the airport, the good old days and, do the things that you could do back then when it wasn't so PC. I think it, it just works for it. So, yeah, completely recommend this film. I love it. Worst bits, 
uh, be a bit picky. I, I think some of it's dated. That's the only downside of things. Um, but it doesn't affect the film. It's a really great fun film. You know what you're getting with a diehard film. I think if you go into these films, those days noises. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, knowing if you go into these films thinking it's going to be something like Empire of the Sun or something really dramatic that you're going to get something and take something away from, then you're a complete bell end because it really, really isn't. Yeah. So, Stu, Stu do you do you think it, does it matter that it's dated? I think it, I think it still brings a lot to it. That it's you know, and, and for for people of our age as well, I think. You, you go about any re- reference fact machines and kind of stuff like that, and the time when you could smoke and do all, you know, all sorts of stuff. I love it, stuff. yeah, I think it's so great. It, it, it brings back memories, and <laughs> oh, yeah, days of smoking in the airport, like, you know, it just it brings back memories, you know, and and reminiscing and stuff, isn't it? So, yeah. I, I, I think you can you can't take anything away from it just because it's dated. No, I said it was, I it had dated, but I like the fact that you can see that, and that mm. I like that fact, mm-hmm. it's not it's not bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's Die Hard 2. I, I say, we have to have a chat kind of um, off pod uh, about our next one to see if we're going to do Die Hard, the third one, or what direction we're going to go in. But we've got Hawkeye at the weekend. We've got episode five called Ronin, which I haven't watched yet. And I'm going to go and see Spider-Man tomorrow night. I've got my tickets all booked up. Oh. Yeah, can't Ooh. wait. I thought I'd get a Ooh. ticket early before everything gets shut down into lockdown and... Mm. I can't see it, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I don't. Do you guys uh, interested in what this is going to be like? Do you think it's going to be a letdown or or not? Have you got a buzz about it? Not Fair massively, enough. mate. To be honest, um, I think Spider Man's sort of my least favourite of the franchise thus far. But really? I will watch it. I will watch it, but I'm not rushing out to go and see it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, what about you, Jay? I'm watching it with the... I think I'm going to even bring my five-year-old along to it because he saw the trailer and he loves Spider-Man. He loves Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And he really enjoyed Far From Home, which we watched yeah. if we went to the winter. Yeah, so I'm going to do it. He's really excited about it. Me too. And it'll be the first probably non-cartoon film we've gone with him. Oh, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, it's good. yeah. So we're, yeah, we're all we're all watching it. I want if I can, I want to watch it on the twenty third. I mean, my cinema around the corner for me. It's I don't know about you. It's literally five pound a ticket, so it's really no good. way. It's, it's, Is it's it one of these every man's James? No, it's a view. It's a view. Oh right, yeah, cinema. they are doing the cheap tickets now, aren't they? Yeah, because it's it's like in Torbay, um, where it's just just like the local big cinema, and they don't yeah. have any fancy screens. They don't have like an IMAX mm. stuff. They just bogs down the cinema, but mm. they don't have any VIP seats. I think that's why they put it's just five pound a ticket. So for all four rounds, it's twenty quid. That's great. Like, can you? Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna complain about them because we I took my boy to watch Boss Baby two and it cost <laughs> me twelve twelve pound fifty for the tickets for the both of us to go. Any guess on how much it costs for two popcorns and two waters? Oh, oh, probably shitloads. Yeah, seventeen seventeen wow. pounds oh, for two really? medium popcorns and two fucking waters. Wow. Yeah, the wow. tickets to see the film were only twelve pound fifty. For don't you guys bring your stuff? Don't you guys try and hide and bring your own? I mean, I mean, yeah, you I do yeah, bring loads. my own stuff in. You just bring me. your own yeah. shit in. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I don't go very often. I just wanted to give my boy the yeah. full experience, mm. and I felt like I was big for some fucking popped corn. It was. I, mean, I know. I go to Woolworths first. Furious. 
Honestly, I absolutely will call them out on how disgusting they are pricing their, their snacks at. You want to get on a watchdog, mate. Get on a BBC watchdog. Well, they're not going to listen to me, are they? I don't know. But, they uh, might do. Mate, just bring, your, just bring your own stuff in. Just get like a little no, bag and uh, bring your own stuff in. I will in. now. I just yeah. wanted to warn the public. Make, make a false spell out of your jacket. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so, what cinema was that then? That was the view. Wow. The one, though. Mm. No, one. was it Cineworld? Sorry, Cineworld. Cineworld. It was. I take Cineworld. it back. It wasn't the view. It's Cineworld. Um, and yeah, I was thoroughly annoyed. Don't blame you, mate. That's that. ridiculous. That's yeah. ridiculous. What about you, Rab? Are you looking forward to this, mate? I am. I'm intrigued as to how and if. So I've, I've tried to avoid all kinds of spoilers. To see if the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield, um, him, his character, I can't remember the director for that one though, but Andrew yeah. Garfield's uh, Spider-Man to be in the actual movie. Because it has been teased and yeah. I'm intrigued as to how they're going to put everything together. <coughs> Plus, that being said, Marvel movies have started to get a bit stale. And this whole new injection of characters from the um, the Disney Plus slash Netflix, um, like, for example, Daredevil and Punisher being introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm intrigued as how they're going to do that via the whole, um, you know, the, the multi-dimensions and all that stuff. Yeah, I can't wait, I have to say. I'm, what I'm looking forward to is, I mean, I, me and uh, Samuel watch, um, oh, God, I, do you know, I had to say the wrong fucking character. I was about to say, we watch Doctor No all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough we don't but we watch more of the old marvel and it's i like the fact that it's from like the original so to speak kind of like mcu and i love the doctor strange films i think they're so so good the more i watch them the more i enjoy them so I, i've kind of struggled with a lot of the new stuff that they brought out especially like the clip uh, the tv programs and I want to call back to the old MCU. So I'm looking forward to um, Strange and Spider-Man teaming up. And as you said, Rav, the old characters as well, with like Doc Ock and everyone like that. It's going to be so good. I'm I'm really excited. I'm trying not to get too excited, so I'm disappointed. But it's going to be awesome. I think it's going oh, to be I really think, good. I think it'll be the best Marvel film since uh, Endgame. Do you think so? Yeah, easy, I think. I reckon it is. I'm hoping it is. I think I, I think it, I, I'd be disappointed if it's not. Um, Mind you, there's not much competition, is there? Black Widow was yeah. dog shit, and the Eternals. I didn't like the Eternals. I struggled. I've seen it twice for my sins, but I really did struggle with that. I, so. I, I enjoyed Shang Chi. I thought that was mm. okay. I, it's yeah. not going to win any awards. But <clears> I, it. No. I think in, in the same respect that Sony and Marvel are both putting a lot of money into it, so it has to be some kind of profit for them oh definitely because right. they can't absolutely. Sony can't afford to lose a license marvel can't afford to have a bad movie on their well that being said black widow but they can't afford and shang chi but they can't afford to have another <laughs> yeah failure and that being said spider-man is one of their biggest selling superheroes well yeah. i think after endgame now it's the only big film i think they've really got that's going to have mainstream interest because i, I don't say clutching its draws when it comes to some of the other um, um, heroes, heroes they've, they've done that, but your Iron Man, your Captain America, they're gone. Yeah. You know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy haven't been around for a while, albeit there is a film coming out, isn't there, with them in? Thor hasn't yeah. been around for a while. So when you look at it, your your, your main people, it, that's it, really, isn't it? 
when you look at the you know um the big heroes yeah oh, it's a real shame yeah it's but that's why i'm hoping this works so well because i'll be gutted if this doesn't i feel like i'll be left with nothing in this universe until guardians comes out hoping that that's going to be good as well so, so. but yeah I, so I, I, did you watch the matrix before we go yeah, it? can't wait to watch it. I really cannot wait. I'm well excited. I know it's mixed reviews from you guys, isn't it? I'm I watched the trailer the other day. I watched the trailer and oh my god! I, you see, I'm I'm more I'm excited, but in an intrigued what they're going to do with it kind of way. If that make any sense? You know where they're going to yeah. go with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch it for the franchise, but I'm, yeah. I have this horrible feeling I'm going to be really annoyed and disappointed I, with I, what I, they've I, done. Yeah. I've got an idea of what they've done watching the most recent trailer, and I may have had to hold back from six if it was what I thought. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, we we should do um, just a quick review after we've watched it, then. Um, yeah, we are, yeah mm. absolutely. If, if I don't like it, can we can we call the podcast Wank Tricks? Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good, because I'm going to be so angry. I'm yeah. going to be so angry if it's really shit. Yeah, I'm when's that out? Is that the 22nd? 22nd. Of just... so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, if we could aim to do that, maybe... For the first or second podcast of the year. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I can't remember yeah. it by then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll um we'll do a very quick review. It could just be a chat about the whole film and how disappointed we are, probably. But yeah. um yeah, Maybe. definitely. So that's it. That is um Die Hard Two. As I say, we've got another podcast on Saturday we're doing for episode five of All Kai. I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Um but something will happen. It probably actually won't because it'll be Christmas next week, isn't it? I think so. Uh, Wednesday's 21st, so yeah, maybe. All right. Yeah, then it may be, maybe not. I don't know. But um, usually we always go on a drunken rampage and um, we can't talk until about the 3rd of well, January. So Anyone anyone that's seen Spider-Man, uh, uh, maybe we could do like a quick half hour. Yeah, I'm seeing it tomorrow, so I'm more than happy to um, get the pod together and we can have a chat about that as well. So definitely definitely so there'll be something for someone in the world no doubt but that is it from all of us anyone got anything to add as usual before we go no no oh bless it's been brilliant gavin everyone on the pod again it's so good to have all your voices all the opinions and just mates back on the podcast so thanks everyone for coming on absolutely brilliant so we'll be back very soon with something else talking shit no doubt Take care, guys. All the best and we'll see you soon.